0: Hey guys, how are you? Um, Welcome to Youth Group. Hope you guys are having a good night tonight. Hope you enjoyed the songs that they chose to sing. Um, Wish I could be there, but hopefully by Wednesday, I will be able to be there as we continue through 1 Corinthians. Um, Tonight, I just wanted to talk about books for a little bit. I don't know how you guys are, but I have some favorite books. I have this book sitting here with me. It's called The Garden. It's by John Gordon. It's an author I love to read stuff from. I've read stuff of his, like The Energy Book, The Carpenter, The Goldfish and the Shark, different books. And these are usually the books that I'll read through when I'm looking for something to talk to the teams at Hudson about, if I'm going to do a team time or something like that. You know, you look at this book, you say, well, it talks about a garden. How can that really be anything that you want to talk to the team about? Well, it kind of actually tells us how to overcome stress. And behind all of it, it actually has a story of the gospel in it. So that's how most of his books are. They aren't Christian books per se, but they have the story of the gospel woven into them. It's a pretty amazing thing. Um, another book I have sitting out that I've read recently or been reading recently is A Biblical Theology of Youth Ministry. It just talks about teenagers and the life of the church. And you think about that, that is a very boring book, right? Um, sometimes, I'm not going to lie, it is. I'm on page 64 of it. Um, and it really just walks us through looking through what teenagers and the life of the church, what that really looks like in a Theology of it, the study of how it's been according to God. We use it uses God's Word. A great thing. Um, I use this. This is Exodus and Numbers. I used this when I was doing RBM Vacation Bible Schools because we walked through the book of Exodus this year. Um, we walked through the story of Moses. So, got to see some of that stuff in Exodus, right? So, I use this. I use the study guide here and it helped me with that. Um, one book that I read this year was Fault Lines by Vodi Bachman. Um, it talks about social justice and that movement. Um, and I actually got a book for Christmas. Um, I got Parenting by Parentine by Paul Tripp, Paul David Tripp. Um, so started reading that. It talks about how to be a better parent. It talks about how to be a gospel-centered parent. So... When I thought about this, I thought about these books, and I have hundreds more. Um, I was actually thinking about it last week. Amanda asked if I wanted to borrow one of her Costi Hen books, and actually, I already have them. Um, But just thinking about that, you know, we have different things we like to read, and we like to read them not because of what the cover looks like. I mean, this one, pretty boring cover. It's brown. Um, We like to read them because of what's inside of them. You know, and sometimes we'll take that quick little gander to the back of the book. And read what it's about through a mixture of autobiography incisive analysts and a careful sifting of the statements made the positions taken by critical race theorist Bodie Bachman exposes the anti-biblical anti-god perception upon which CRT is founded. So you know I'm reading this and this was right when CRT was coming out and I was like, you know or being pushed to the forefront I knew this is something I needed to read so I can know what it was talking about and what the Word of God said about it. So I picked that book up. I picked a couple others up like that. I mean, we'll do that little cheat thing, which really is not cheaty, because we get to know what the book is about. In fact, tonight, we're gonna do that little cheat thing. We're gonna look at the back of the book, per se, to see what the Book of Acts is gonna be about. We're gonna spend the next 26, 28, 29 weeks going through the Book of Acts. The plan for the Book of Acts is for us to go one chapter per week. So this week is gonna be called Starting the Book. Just got a little brief summary of what the book is about, what it means to us. The next week we'll do a flyover. We can't go in depth into we'll a chapter a week, but we'll do a flyover of Acts chapter one. We'll see the command of the apostles in Acts chapter one. We'll see what happens after that. We're gonna see some of those things. We'll do after that, we'll do chapter two, then chapter three. And we'll get all the way through Acts, Acts, which is twenty-eight chapters and you know we called the name of the series the next chapter because that next chapter is us right now we're the ones living as the church in this world so as i think about this as we look and see what the early church did i think it's going to help us to see what we need to be doing as the next chapter so tonight to do that i want to invite you to open up your bibles to the book of acts acts chapter one in the new Testament it goes matthew mark luke then acts in acts chapter one Opens this way. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and the book of Acts. Yes. I cannot get past the book of John for some reason. There we go. Acts chapter 1, verse 1 says this. The former account I made, O Theopolis, all of all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day when she was taken up after having gone... After through the Holy Spirit had given its commandments to the apostles to whom he had chosen. So, first thing we're going to do, we're going to take these two verses and we're going to see a little bit about the book of Acts. The first thing we're going to see is the message. The second thing we're going to see are the messengers. You know, you think about the message. The message he's talking about here is the message of Jesus Christ. He's not talking about the message from the president. He's not talking about the message you received from your friend via text. He's not talking about any of that stuff. He's talking about the message of Jesus Christ. He says, A former account I made you, O Theopolis, of all that Jesus began to do and teach into the time that he was taken up. You see, he makes it very clear who this message is of. But even with that being made clear, there's some problems that we run into here. There's problems where people say, Well, this is really what the message of Jesus was. This is really what it was. You see, there's these misconceptions out there. Um, One of the big misconceptions out there is Jesus is love. So therefore, he would never punish anybody. He would never send anybody to hell. Jesus just loves everybody. You know, as you think about it, you look at that. There's a little truth in there. Jesus is love. That is one of his character traits. But he's also just and he's holy. So he cannot allow sin he cannot allow that which is not holy to go unpunished because of who he is. Yes, he's love, but there's that balance that is there. And out of love, he died for us. I mean, pretty big thing there to not try to put those two together. So yes, is he love? Yes, without a doubt. But there's more to it than that. For so those who say he would never send anybody to hell, that he would never punish anybody, his word tells us the very opposite of that tells us for the wages of sin and death, right? It tells us in Matthew that they're going to be thrown into the pit. So we see going to his word that we can rebuke that false conception, that misconception there. We also hear that, well, all I really need to do is love God and love people. That's all the Bible really tells me. To That's all I need to do. You know, I hear that, and I, I really just think it's something that people say so they can get away with doing whatever they want. Like, well... I love God you can't question me on that but I love God um, yeah, I love people so I'm good you know they can use that and they. well I'll sin all I want as long as I love God and love people I'm okay but here's the thing the more I think about that the more I come back to the Ten Commandments we've gone through the Ten Commandments we've seen the Ten Commandments we know that they deal with loving God and loving people so for truly loving God how we're supposed to loving people how we're supposed to you know what our sins aren't going to be extravagant. But here's the thing. That's not why people say that. They say that so they can do what they want. Here's the thing. Is it possible for us to love God perfectly all the time? It's not. What about loving people perfectly all the time? Not possible. So we need the true message of Jesus. And that true message of Jesus is found in the Word. We see just like finding out about what loving God, and loving people has to do with. We find that in the Word. We find that in Exodus 20, right? We find out that how to interpret or see the message of Jesus is from the Word of God. You know, you go in your Bible and you turn to Matthew chapter 3. I'll turn back to Matthew 3. We're going to be skipping around a little bit. But we'll stay in Matthew for a couple, then we'll jump over, I think, to the book of John. But Matthew 3, verse 2 says this. Matthew 3, verse 2 says this, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. John the Baptist is speaking. He says, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Jesus comes into the world. You know what Jesus tells people to do? Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. You know the message that came in verse 17 in Matthew 4. Jesus says, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So we see John comes and he says, You know what? <laughs> the kingdom of heaven is going to be at hand. Jesus comes, reiterates it. This is my message, repent. Your know, repent means to turn away from, to turn away from your sin and turn to something else. You know, we can't just repent and just stay there because we're going to end up wanting something to fill that void, something to take that place. So we need to repent. We need to turn away from whatever we're doing in head to something else. That kind of brings us to Matthew 4.19 that tells us this. Matthew four verse nineteen says, And he said to them, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. (coughs) Excuse me. Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. So the first thing in the message of Jesus is repent. Second thing is follow me. You know, we know we need to turn away from sin, and we need to follow after Jesus. Here Jesus is calling the disciples. He calls them to him. and says, hey, follow me. I will show you how to live. I will show you how to bring people into the kingdom. You know, the message of Jesus, we're just summarizing it as a few words tonight. We have repent, we have follow me, we have finished. Turn in your Bibles to John chapter 19. John chapter 19 says this. We'll be in verses 28 through 30, I believe. Yes. John chapter 19, verse 28, says this. After this, Jesus, knowing that all things were now accomplished, that the scripture might be fulfilled, said, I thirst. Now there was a vessel full of sour wine sitting there, and they filled the sponge with sour wine, put put it on his sop, and put it in his mouth. So when he had received the sour wine, he said, it is finished. And bowing his head, he gave up his spirit. You see, Jesus, to fulfill scripture, to show that he had, fulfilled all that his father had called him to do says it is finished the job he had was now finished he had come and he had paid the price for our sins you know that's an amazing thing that the spotless lamb of god came to pay the price for our sins you know those messages we hear (laughs) he's love just love him love people great to hear but here's the truth he came into a dying world To call believers, to call people, to call people to believe in him, to call them back to him. And he died on the cross so that they could come back to him. that message is way deeper than, well, he loves me. Yeah, it's true, he does love you, but the message is so much deeper than that. In fact, in Matthew 17, verse 22, we read this. Now while they were staying in Galilee, Jesus said to them, The Son of Man is about to be betrayed in the hands of men, and they will kill him. On the third day, he'll be raised again. You see, we know that it's about repentance. We know it's about following. We know it's about him finishing the will of God. But his message was about his death and his resurrection. They're going to kill me. I've come to die. But, guys, listen, that's good. That's good news. Because on the third day, I'm going to rise again. Amazing message that he has for us. That's what we're going to see in the book of Acts, is that this message. It's a message that was sent out and shared. And it was be able to send out and be shared because of the last thing that we see in here. In John 14, one of my favorite chapters in the book of John, it says this. John 14, first verse 1 says, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. If i go to prepare a place for you i will come again and receive you to myself that where i am there you may be also and where i go you know and 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 where i go you know and you and the way you know you know (laughs) i go to prepare a place for you if i'm going to prepare a place i'm coming back this is not a great thing the message of jesus to summarize it real quick okay um this is not deep theological summarization there's so much more that can be put into it, but a brief summary is the message of Jesus, turn away from this world, turn away from the world and the sins and the things of this world and turn to Jesus. That's what he wants us to do. And he told us to do this, so much that he came and that he died for us. Amazing message right there. So much deeper than the message that the world tries to share with us about who Jesus was and what he did. The second part of the lesson is the messengers. I mean think about who he's speaking to here. He wrote this and spent a lot of the time with the apostles, right? He said, the apostles, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. We've seen that stuff. So we have these 12 ordinary men. And in the book of Acts, we are at 11 when he sends them out. But these 12 ordinary men, fishing backgrounds, lawyer, or doctors, not lawyers, tax collector backgrounds. These backgrounds that would not be thought much of today nor were they during that day um yet he used them in a great way you see they went out and they trusted in his power they relied on his power and they did what he called them to they went out and spread the message the truth that he had come and that he had died and that he rose again that because of that we can have a relationship with him that's what the Apostles did given the assignment by Jesus and although they suffered they were suffering there. We can read about the suffering of the apostles. We can read about Peter, Paul, John, you name them. They suffered, right? It's true suffering. You know what? They suffered. They went out, used the power he had given them through the Holy Spirit and spread the message. And the church grew. Because of the church growing, you know what happened to the church? like, hey, we've got to spread this message. So they continued that assignment. You know what happened to the church? They suffered. <laughs> Persecution came on the church. They suffered. You know what happened? The gospel spread because they continued to go do it through the power of Jesus. And it's spread like that throughout centuries since then. So that brings us to the last person of the messengers that I can think of, and that's us. I mean, we're here right now. We are Acts 29, right? We are that next chapter. What are we doing with this message? Are we taking it out? Are we sharing it with people? I've had some pretty cool messages I've got to share with people. I've got to share with people, hey, I'm getting married. Oh, people are shocked. Somebody's really that crazy to marry you. Um, gotta share with people, hey, this is happening. My favorite message I've gotten to share was a message telling Courtney and Emily and, and Mia that they were gonna be big sisters again, that we were gonna have Mackenzie. I can remember we were at Market House the day after we had told Mia, we, I was there getting a prescription or getting one for her, I can't remember. We're sitting there waiting and there's a lady sitting next to us. And Mia just goes to her and is like, hey, guess what? I'm going to be a big sister. She is just telling everybody. We go to the school for a awards assembly. She's telling people next to us, hey, I'm going to be a big sister. She got so excited about that message. I was so excited because she was so excited about that message. But here's the thing. Awesome news about having Mackenzie. It was great. Uh, She's, like, as cool as I am, right? Um, But here's the thing. We have the message of the good news that Jesus came and that he died for us. Are we telling people at the pharmacy about it? Are we telling people at assemblies about it? Are we telling people at our friends group about it? are we just like, eh, just another day? We need to get excited about this message. There's going to be some possible persecution, some suffering, some rejection that comes in. But you know what? The early church dealt with that. The apostles dealt with that. What was the result of them dealing with it and trusting the power of the Holy Spirit to do the work? The world was changed forever. The world was impacted. The gospel spread. So us, this generation, we need to step up and make sure we are sharing the right message and that we are being the messengers we've been called to be. Hey guys, have a great night.